2: Talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans, episode 368 of Rams Up, our last drop before the Super Bowl. For episode 368, gonna go back in our time machine and talk about a player who wore number 68 for our Rams. You know, recently I talked about Harvey Dahl a little bit, had a little bit of a mean streak. Had a tendency to lose his cool a little bit. Well, you know what? In that department, he probably could carry Richie Incognito's equipment back. Incognito, 6'4", 322 interior offensive lineman out of Nebraska and Oregon. Played high school football in Arizona. Rams drafted him in the third round of the 2005 NFL draft. Played four years in 44 games for the Rams. And Incognito went on to have a great career, one of the better interior offensive linemen of his era. But the Rams just could not tolerate the shenanigans he pulled on the field. In 2006, Incognito started all 16 games. That year, he blocked for an offense that produced a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,500-yard rusher, and two 1,000-yard receivers. Only one of four offenses in NFL history to do that. Did not know that. But then it started to fall apart a little bit. In one game in 2008, he was fined three times for $35,000. This is after a game against Washington. Penalized for berating officials, a major face mask on a field goal attempt, and a chop block. I remember this game, actually. That penalty on the field goal almost cost the Rams a game. 15-yard penalty pushed the Rams back, and they were able to hit the game winner anyways. The end of his Rams career came in 2009 when he, when he drew two 15-yard penalties for headbutting Tennessee Titan players. Rams coach Steve Spagnuolo benched him in the second half. They got into a heated confrontation, and the Rams waived him two days later. Richie Incognito, great player, highly entertaining but a guy the Rams just decided they didn't want to put up with. And you know, I had another faux pas when it comes to uniform numbers, a minor one, but I think I've done this a couple of times. In researching Rams that have worn particular uniform numbers, some of these guys changed numbers. And I talked about Andy McCollum during episode 364 as a guy that wore number 64. He actually wore number 67 for the Rams for several additional years, and I missed that. So I'm just going to have to do a better job of cross-checking these players and make sure they didn't wear a different uniform number for even more years for the Rams so I get it completely right. Before I talk about the various NFL awards and the Hall of Fame selections and then my preview of the Super Bowl, I'm going to give you another trivia question and I'll give you the answer at the end. Trying to focus on free agency trivia questions, since the 2024 free agency period is fast approaching. So here's my question. This is a tough one. On March 3rd, 2007, the Rams signed this Tennessee Titan wide receiver to a six-year, $30 million deal. He went on to play for two unremarkable years for our Rams before being waived. Tennessee Titans wide receiver, big contract, 2007. It didn't work out. I'll give the answer at the end here. This is so tough, I'm going to give you a couple of hints. He was 6'5", and he played his college football at UCLA. Now, as far as these awards, you know, most of the awards I don't have a big issue with. The only one I didn't agree with, Kobe Turner got robbed, right? Puka Nakua, hey, you got to give it to C.J. Stroud. I get it. He probably deserved it. Had a great year as a rookie quarterback, and, you know, just bad timing for Puka. The fact that you can have a year like he did and come in second in the voting, it's a bummer, but I don't necessarily disagree with it. Now, Defensive Rookie of the Year, I do have an issue with Will Anderson getting it over Kobe Turner. Statistically, Turner was better. Now, some would say Turner had the benefit of playing next to Aaron Donald. Sorry, that's not part of my computation. Turner was the better player. Simple as that. And I'm telling you this. If Kobe Turner was on the Cowboys or the Steelers, he would have won in a landslide, regardless of which round he was picked. And you know what? If he was picked in the first round, they probably would have given it to him as well. Hey, we can't give this to a later round pick. Gotta give it to the high first round pick, Will Anderson. Disagree with it, but gonna move on. And as far as the Hall of Fame selections, really disappointed Tory Holt didn't get in. And I look at this list of guys that did get in, and most of them deserve it. I've been arguing for Devin Hester for years, the best returner in the history of the game. I thought Reggie Wayne and Tory Holt would get in before Andre Johnson, and I don't think Patrick Willis is deserving. Very short career, and he was incredible, but I don't think he did it long enough to deserve it. Certainly not ahead of Tory Holt. Maybe he deserves it, but if he does, look at Patrick Willis's career next to Torrey Holt's career. Two different positions, I get it, and Patrick Willis was probably the best in his position for a few years, but Torrey Holt did it for a long time. Heck of a player, one of the best of his decade, but I'm gonna leave it at that. One more year, Holt excluded from the Hall of Fame. Can only hope it doesn't happen again. Maybe he'll get in next year. Before we move on, share a couple of mock drafts across cyberspace. This one shared early Saturday morning, Vinny Eyer of the Sporting News had the Rams selecting Braylon Trice, the edge rusher out of Washington, 6'4", 256. Now this is the thing with these national writers, and hey, I'm not taking shots at Vinny Iyer, uh, this is a trend across all these various media outlets, Rams picking edge rushers quite often actually. I don't think they've really done their homework as much as they should, perhaps, on what the Rams are going to do in the draft, what the Rams roster really needs. But from what I know about the Rams roster, I just don't see them going early on an edge rusher again. Last year, they drafted Byron Young, Nick Hampton, and O'Shawn Mathis, all outside linebacker edge rusher guys. Are they going to go to the well again and draft another edge rusher with a 19th pick? I just don't see it happening. I think this is a position they upgrade in free agency. We've discussed this ad nauseum. But this is what Vinny predicts the Rams are going to do. Hey, Braylon Trice could be an excellent NFL player, but none of these guys are sure things, an edge rusher especially. Really hard to tell if their skills are going to translate to the NFL. Although the Rams are as good as anybody at doing that. And it's always interesting to see who was still on the board when the Rams drafted Braylon Trice in this mock draft. The next pick, kool McKinstry, the cornerback out of Alabama, which I would have no issues with. Actually, the next three picks were cornerbacks, McKinstry, Tarion Arnold, and Quinion Mitchell. And that's a position I think the Rams are going to hit heavy in this draft. Of course, I thought that last year too, so I could be dead wrong. There is also two offensive linemen that would fit well with the Rams, Amarius Mims, the offensive tackle out of Georgia, six seven, three forty, and that interior offensive lineman, Jackson Powers Johnson, Paul Wally and I talked about him the other day. This guy would solidify this interior offensive line, although I don't know if they make that pick, if they retain Kevin Dotson. If they lose Kevin Dotson in free agency, I would be all over Jackson Powers Johnson as a new guard in this offense. Now, Vinny had the other two cornerbacks that we like. There's five cornerbacks that are likely going to go in the first round. The other two went before the Rams pick. That's Nate Wiggins and Cooper DeJean. They went 13th and 15th, respectively. And that offensive tackle, I love, Talisi Fuaga out of Oregon State. He went with the 14th pick overall. We'll be back with one more mock draft from Cyberspace and then our Super Bowl preview.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com
2: I took a look at Charlie Campbell's latest draft. He's one of the contributors to the Walter football site. These guys are always fun to monitor. I focused on the cornerbacks, the order of the cornerbacks, and it was a little bit interesting. Charlie had Wiggins going 15th, Mitchell going 19th to the Rams, and that makes sense. Kamari Lassiter was the third cornerback taken at 22, and Cooper DeJean lasted to the 25th. Carrion Arnold went 27th, and Cam Hart went 29th. In this draft, Kool-Aid McKinstry lasted all the way to the 59th pick at the end of the second round. So I'm not sure I'm feeling it unless Charlie knows something I don't about these cornerbacks. And by the way, worth sharing, Draft Tech considers Cooper DeJean a safety, Charlie referring to him too as a safety slash cornerback, and that's fair enough. That is a good description of Cooper DeGene's skill set, I think. But really surprised they had Cam Hart going in the first round and Kool-Aid McKinstry going late in the second. But the bottom line is they did have the Rams selecting a cornerback, Quinion Mitchell. Rams love guys that perform at the Senior Bowl, at least in Senior Bowl practices. And Quinion Mitchell did exactly that. So Charlie might have gotten that part of this draft correct. Okay, time for my Super Bowl preview. The San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. History between these two teams. The Chiefs laid eight wins, seven losses. The last time they played, October of 2022, Chiefs 44, 49ers 23. That was in Santa Clara. Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy G. 49ers jumped out to a 10-0 lead. But McCall Hardman, three TDs as the Chiefs rolled after that. Chiefs put up 30 points in the second half. Chiefs have won the last three, scoring a total of 113 points. That includes that Super Bowl where the Chiefs outscored the 49ers 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter. So all this talk about Kyle Shanahan and his inability to close out games, maybe it's more about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes figuring out good defenses, and winning the big games. What's really interesting matchup for me is this 49er offense versus the Chiefs defense. 49ers, the third highest scoring team in the league, third in rushing, fourth in passing, and the Chiefs were the fifth best in yards allowed per play. Chiefs gave up just 19 TDs on the year, tied for fourth best, but give up four and a half yards per rush, and that's where they're going to be vulnerable. Very likely, the 49ers are going to try to beat the Chiefs on the ground, establish the run with Christian McCaffrey. Chiefs had just eight interceptions this year, very average against the pass, but vulnerable against this 49er rushing game. Both teams, great seasons, obviously, but the Chiefs have done it without takeaways. The 49ers have thrived on taking the ball away. So if Mahomes can take care of the ball... And at the same time, the Chiefs can force Brock Purdy into a mistake or two. That could be the difference. 49ers will have a hard time winning this game if they give the ball up while not getting those takeaways that they depend on so much. And Patrick Mahomes typically does take care of the ball, especially recently. Per pro football focus, Mahomes has not had a single turnover-worthy play on 114 postseason dropbacks. Think about that for a second. And Brock Purdy has had several. Mahomes no turnovers and has taken only two sacks in three playoff games. Big time games he has come through. Chiefs are not an overall great team like we've seen in the past but Mahomes is getting it done and I think he could be the difference in this game. Really going out on a limb there aren't I? Patrick Mahomes is going to decide this football game. That's really what it comes down to, in my opinion, Mahomes versus Purdy and the ball security issue. Purdy likes to take risks, push the ball downfield, and he makes mistakes. And the Chiefs like to flood the secondary with defensive backs that may force the 49ers to turn to McCaffrey in the run game. And that could end up resulting in a lower scoring game than we might expect. 49ers trying to grind it out on the ground. Actually, they're going to try to pick up five, six yards of carry. Hope McCaffrey breaks a couple of big ones. That's what they're going to try to do, and that could keep the score down. Long possessions resulting in touchdowns, but I still think it's going to be a high-scoring game because Patrick Mahomes is not going to let this game get away. It's always a one-score game with the Chiefs, it seems. The other thing that's working against the 49ers in this game is their field goal kicker. 49er fans really want to see Jake Moody walking out there in the fourth quarter trying to hit a 48-yarder to win this football game? I don't think so. And of course, the other matchup, Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan. Two great offensive minds. But who you trust, who you count on in a big game to get it done, I'll take Andy Reid. So there's two things heavily in the Chiefs' favor, the better coach and the better quarterback. And the 49er defense, as good as it has been this year, has really got gashed a bit in the playoffs. Packers and Lions both almost ended their season. And it was the 49er defense that was vulnerable, that didn't step up. One interesting development that's in the 49ers' favor, all-pro left guard Joe Tooney. Out for the Chiefs. He's going to miss the game. And this interior defensive line for the 49ers is pretty good. Now, Tooney was out for the Ravens game, and the Chiefs were able to overcome that, so they should be okay. You know, with Patrick Mahomes, I'm not sure how much it's going to matter. Other key players in this game, Isaiah Pacheco, he could go off against the 49er defense. Chris Jones, he's going to be in the 49er backfield a handful of times. He's really the only serious pass rushing threat on this Chiefs defense. And then on the 49ers side, Christian McCaffrey, he's going to have to have a big game. Chiefs are going to have to make sure he doesn't bust out any really big runs. And if the Chiefs can hold up in the red zone, not an easy task against this 49er offense with all their weapons, and force the 49ers to turn to Jake Moody, that's a big win for the Chiefs. Now, according to my special assistant who knows everything but prefers to remain anonymous, the Sharps are all over the 49ers in this game, but they are also all over the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. My prediction, gonna be pretty close to what Paul Wally had predicted on our round table. I think the Chiefs are gonna put up 30 on this 49er offense. 49ers are gonna keep it close. 30 to 27, Chiefs win, and the 49ers Super Bowl drought continues. Going on 30 years, and back to the trivia question I asked at the beginning of this episode on March 3rd, 2007, the Rams signed this Tennessee Titans wide receiver to a six-year, 30 million dollar deal. He went on to play two years for the Rams, appeared in only 15 games, 34 catches, 379 yards, and three TDs. Who was this wide receiver? The Rams waived him after two years. By the way. And I gave a couple of hints. He was 6'5", and he played his college ball at UCLA. He was a NorCal kid, and his name was Drew Bennett. I'll have some easier ones for you moving forward. That's going to do it